Thank you for joining the 116th episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. I am Jared, podcasting alongside the normal crew, Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Wyatt. Let's just jump straight into it with a little bit of news we missed. Uh, first one that Wyatt just informed me of is that Don Wink Martindale will be the Giants' defensive coordinator. Giants they to have, the Bowl. They have uh, punched their ticket to the Super Bowl um, and. I didn't know that Wink Martindale is a real person before this, but he is. So there you go. Can we uh, start a petition to uh, go back on like our best nicknames episode or worst nicknames episode <laughs> and add Wink Martindale to it? It's pretty good. So, like it's either the best or the worst, and I haven't decided which it is yet. I don't know where Wink even comes from, to be honest. I think that's a huge factor for me. That's what I'm thinking, Bart. He just like goes and <laughs> to all the players all the time. Yeah. Um, in other news, we do have some big NBA trade deadline news. Some of it we'll get to, some of it probably not. The biggest one, I guess closest to home for us, is CJ McCollum is headed to the uh, is headed to New Orleans. Um, Portland is finally uh, blowing up that ship, but um, I think that's yeah. probably a good thing. But yeah, but they've they've blown it up in the worst way. They all everything that they've traded so far, the return has been bad and they say that they're kind of they're not rebuilding they're kind of making a push next year they could have gotten so much more as far as young talent goes they should have followed my plan (laughs) they just did another trade like today right where they got joe ingles Mm -hmm. the jazz oh ingles is on the move oh yeah for nikhil alexander walker Yeah, exactly. I don't know who that is either. <laughs> he's been playing for the Pelicans. This is like the second time he's been traded yeah, in the he's last been two moving. days. Yeah. There All go. I know about him is that he shoots 37% from the field. And that's... <laughs> and Joe Ingles oh is a great three-point shooter. Good for the, for the Blazers on that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blazers like shift off Norman Powell and Robert Covington to the Clippers as well. Um, Cavaliers landed Karis LeVert, which is kind mm-hmm. of an exciting move that's potentially. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, and then we'll we'll probably get to this later, but James Harden is kicking and screaming to get out of, get out of Brooklyn now. Apparently, so we'll get to, we'll get to that team a little bit later. Um, and then just to kind of round it out, the Winter Olympics have also been going on. Um, I haven't really watched most of it, but curling does pass the landscape ta- landscape test. I know Wyatt has been watching uh, curling. Anybody else have any Olympic headlines they want to talk about? Can you remind the listeners and me what the curling test means? The landscape (laughs) test. It means it's more of a sport than landscaping is. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) It's like the Mendoza line. If it's above Uh, landscaping, then it can make the Olympics. Jared, how do you even watch I thought there was more nuance to it. (laughs) (laughs) You expect too much, Bart. The Winter Olympics is full of sports, Jared. That are that are borderline landscaping esque, where it's like, where is this a sport? Who practices on, a, on like a regular day on the other four years where the Olympics is not going on? How do you watch the Winter Olympics, Jared? On NBC <laughs> or Peacock? On Peacock. <laughs> no, no, no. The biathlon. You can hate on the biathlon, but the biathlon is so cool. That's my that's my Winter Olympics. Yes. It is cool. Yes, plus one. I don't yes. know who came up with it, or like it seems like one of those things, where like a child, or I don't know. Someone's like, I'm bored. Like I like shooting and I like cross country skiing. And just like, throw them together. Um, but, it seems uh, like it's... something like the Norwegians came up with because yeah. it's just like they did it in their daily lives to like exactly eat, in yeah. like 1800, and they're like, let's make a sport out of this. I saw a stat the other day that the Nor- like 70 percent of Norwegians own cross country skis. Like wow, that's why they're wow. good. That's, that's why cool. they're good at these winter sports. Yeah, Facts sense. I didn't expect. Yeah, Norway has more work. Olympic medals in the Winter Olympics than any other country. Yes, they were dominant. Crazy. So oh, respect. fear yeah, Norway. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're second right now in medal count. I'm looking at it. So yeah, yeah. the U.S. is really, really disappointing. Really struggling. It's okay. Also, we'll make a lot... comeback. There you go. No, we will. Also, last news we missed. I did want to add is the Pro Bowl happened. Did anybody watch it? I did not watch it. I don't. I, I I pulled up a highlights video like two minutes in. I was like, I can't do this. The lack of <laughs> effort on defense is like so so appalling. It's yeah, not even yeah. football. Yeah. At one point, they were like playing two hand touch. Like I saw a clip of that on Twitter. It was yeah. 
Because I, 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 mean, I was trying to, yeah, I watched a similar highlight video, and I was like, I assumed from the highlight video that tackling was just straight up not allowed in the Pro Bowl, and then I learned that it, it is because I did not see a single tackle. It's in not, it, but, yeah. and I don't think football is made for the Pro Bowl. Yeah, like the no, game, the game of football does, does not exist, you know, in an All Star Game format. They should just do the festivities, you know, play, run your relay races, play dodgeball, and then call it a day. No, I, I wrote in my notes, I think it should be like Mario Party, where it's like you have a whole weekend full of like <laughs> mini games and then like AFC versus NFC and then you like you add up all the points at the end and it's like, <laughs> then you choose a winner or something like that. I think that would be more fun than what exists now. Maybe one of it's like a flag football game or something like that. I don't know. Yes, yeah. plus one to flag football because then people or, might try. I don't know. Or do just do some random event and take like 50 points away from a team and completely swing the results at the very end. That, that would <laughs> exactly. be Mario Party. Yeah. Power. <laughs> yeah. exactly. You can just unplug the controller when things <laughs> Yeah, exactly. We did it really quick. All right, well, we are going to talk a little bit of real football here, though. Just a little bit. Some Super Bowl predictions. We'll have plenty of time next week to talk about the aftermath, but let's do some score predictions. We're going to start with the uh, maybe de facto leader here, uh, Bart. What's your what's your um, score prediction here? I feel like the term de facto is kind of taking something away from it me. Is <laughs> <laughs> he, he just is the leader. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be too creative on this one. I'm taking Chog. I'm taking the Rams. My oh, score my prediction. Goodness. Of course you are. 30 to 21. Of course I am because it's probably right because they probably will win because they are the more <laughs> well-rounded team. Yeah. If you look at the regular season or if you look at the playoffs, like they are better uh, offensively and defensively, whether it's yardage allowed, yardage gained, points allowed, points scored. Uh, and then the most concerning thing for me is the Rams' pass rush. This is going to be what the Titans-Bengals game should have been. The Bengals winning that game was a miracle. Burrow got sacked nine times. I think the Rams will also have a terrific pass rush, but then they'll actually have an offense that can do something about it. So 30-21 is my guess. Okay. Well, uh, Aiden? Yeah, also going chalk here, which is sad, but 35-31 Rams. The Bengals are a team of momentum. I feel like I went with uh, – I've picked the team of momentum in recent months, and it hasn't gone well for me, aka Michigan. <laughs> Um, but team of destiny exactly um but i agree i don't think the uh, Bengals o-line will hold up it's the third worst pass blocking line in football rams have the best pass rush in football it's worth noting that joe burrow is super good against the blitz um and has been all season um but i just think like matt stafford's gonna like have plenty of time joe burrow will not cooper cup and obj will have a day um, and the the Rams will take it. Okay, and you said thirty five, thirty one. Yeah, oh, I wanna okay. I wanna see some scoring. I think Joe will will put up some points. But, okay, yeah. there you go, Wyatt. What do you think? I really don't care who wins. I think that I'd be happy <laughs> with either outcome. Any time that we've gotten a scenario where I have to either pick between my heart and my brains, I always pick brains, and I lose. So I'm gonna pick with my heart, and I'm gonna go Bengals. <laughs> 27-24. Okay. There you go. Lucas? Yeah, I mean, what Bart and Aiden have failed to account for is that you can't quantify vibes, and I think that the, <laughs> <laughs> the Bengals, the vibes are off the charts. Um, I'm going Bengals 20, Rams 16. I think a lot of it's a gut pick, but I just feel like the Bengals have it this year. They're getting hot at the right time. And I said, I wrote in my notes, they're a team of destiny, but oh. hopefully it goes better than our last team of destiny on this podcast. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to like them, but I think um, they show they can make adjustments against really good offense last week against the Chiefs. I know there are a lot of concerns we've you know, reiterated about the Bengals' offensive line versus Aaron Donald and the Rams, but the Bengals' line played pretty well against the Chiefs in the second half, and they still won that game against the Titans, even though... By all means, that should not have happened. But they've shown they can do it. I think it'll be pretty low scoring, um, but I think the Bengals are will come out on top, twenty to sixteen. There you go. I'm also gonna go to Bengals. I, I can't pick the Yankees or the NFL. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna pick the Rams though. I would be happy for Stafford for sure, but I'd be more happy I think for the Bengals franchise. So yeah, I'm pretty much just going hard on this one. Um, I'm gonna kind of split some of the scores that I've already. I'm gonna say Bengals. 23-20. I think there's going to be a lot of field goals in this game, is my is, is what I think. But Me too. History would say that Destiny is on Joe Burrows and Jamar Chase's side. Mm-hmm. History yeah. would say. 
What history? At the LSU season. Okay. They've never lost a, a winner go home game together. Yeah. Joe Burrow hasn't lost a winner go home game since uh, since high school. Since high school, that's crazy. Well, he also didn't really start that much in college. No NFL should player, <laughs> NFL player should ever get a since high school stat. They yeah. were all good in yeah. high school. That's why they're in the NFL. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's true. All right, that's that's gonna wrap up our football talk for the episode. We're gonna go into hopefully a better All Star weekend or All Star game, I should say, than what we got in the NFL. The NBA All Star game. They're going to be a draft. It's probably going to have happened by the time this episode comes out, but it's happening tomorrow by the time we are recording. There's 24 All-Stars. Um, we're going to go in an order of Aiden, Wyatt, Bart, Lucas, and they're essentially going to be assembling a team, Aiden, Bart, Will, and Wyatt, and Lucas. Let's go first with Aiden, who who would be the number one overall pick, I guess. Here. I'm going Giannis here. Um, I think defending champ, and he's an all-star game stud. He went 16 for 16 last year, scoring 35 points in MVP honors. He's a freak, and he kind of tries in the all-star game. Um, so I, I feel like I feel like he's who I want um, at the top. Alrighty, why? Who's the second pick here? I'm gonna go with Lamelo Ball. I'm kidding. No, you're not. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I can't let him get Giannis and LeBron, so I'm just gonna take LeBron. Start my franchise off correctly here, or my All Star franchise. You know, I know he's old, but he's still averaging almost 30 points per game. Got to give it to him. Um, you know, he'll be. He's he's fun in an All Star game format as well. So I'm gonna go LeBron. Yeah. Uh, Bart, what's the third overall pick? I think you you were worried about LeBron for no reason. Why? Because Jokic is at the top of my big board. I have to take Jokic next. <laughs> he is the unicornist of unicorns. He's having such a good season. He's good basically everywhere, even defensively, which people used to say was something of a weak suit for him. He's really good on that side of the ball. And then, like, his game just really fits the old. Like, he doesn't even have to do anything. He'll just wick, he'll fl- uh, flick wicked passes all over the court. <laughs> <laughs> and, and put up assists for other people. So I think Jokic is a, is a solid pick at three. Okay, fair enough. Lucas, with the fourth pick. It was kind of you uh, to leave to widen an ice team, Joel Embiid. I think that this is an easy pick. I think the fact that he's <laughs> fallen to four at this point is a little disrespectful. Oh. Um, I don't think he should be picked any lower than four. Um, he's been incredible this year. He's leading the NBA in scoring. He's the single reason why the Sixers are competitive. He's averaging 29-10. And his game translates to the All-Star game as well. Just has to hang out down low, throw down some nice dunks. I think he'll do a really good job. So I'm taking Embiid for wide and nice team. Okay. The fifth pick here, Aiden picking to join Giannis and Jokic's team. Okay, I'm going to take the first true guard of the draft. I'm going to go with Steph. Um, I feel like his game also very much fits the All-Star game format. Isn't there like a five-point line or something like that in the All-Star game? Is there? Single? I don't know. Maybe. Wild stuff where you can yeah. just like bomb away. Um, but regardless, Steph's a shooter and shooting in the All-Star game, I feel like that's what everyone does, just like fires away. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a, he'll be successful as he usually is. Alrighty. And then Wyatt to pair with LeBron James and Joel Embiid. Who are you picking oh, in with the six man. pick? You know, I'm actually going to go off the starters, and I'm going to pick a Luka Doncic, who okay. I think okay. is going to be able to be our floor spacing guy the same way Seth, Steph Curry would be. We already have a big man down the block. We have a facilitator. Luka's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think there is a really tough decision. Luka, on any given night, can have a case to be a starter, especially over... Maybe Wiggins or something, but I'm going to go with Luka. (laughs) All right, there we go. Bart, Wiggins is still available. Who are you going with the seventh pick right here? (laughs) If Wiggins is not still available in the mid-20s, I'll be sad. (laughs) I'm keeping the guard train rolling here. I like Ja. Ja simply gets buckets. He's such a fantastic finisher inside, and I think that's probably one of the most exciting things about what he might do in the All-Star game is just deliver some beautiful layups. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, good scorer, good passer. I like Jaw here. Alrighty, eighth pick, Lucas. You have LeBron James, Joel Embiid, and Luka Doncic. Who are you going with eighth? We need a shooter. We're taking Devin Booker, uh, leading scorer on the uh, offense of the NBA's best team this year. Really coming to his own. I think he can just bomb some threes from deep. 
Mm-hmm. Be good. Devin Booker. Yeah. All right. Ninth pick, Aiden, you have Giannis, Jokic, uh, Curry, and John Morant. I'm going Jimmy Buckets with this one. Oh, I feel like Jimmy's a competitor. Um, even in an all-star game, he's going to give it his all and play ridiculous defense. Um, so, yeah, I like him here as my fifth starter. Okay. Wyatt with the 10th pick. I'm going to go with Trey Young, who is having a really good season so far this year. He's competing in the three-point contest this year as well. Congratulations on your victory. I am very big on Trey right now. He's my my Walmart version of Steph, who I wish I could have grabbed earlier. But Trey, Trey's coming with us. All right, Trey Young there. Eleventh uh, pick, Bart Andrew Wiggins is available. Demar Derozan is available. Jason Jason Tatum is available out of starters. You going with one of those three or someone else? Oh, I thought you were just listing people to spite me. No, I'm not. Actually. <laughs> kind of. I like my unicorn big man, and so I'm going to do it again. Cat, Cat is calling my name here. I'm I'm actually offended. <laughs> he's still available. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so at all. No, as no, as no. was it Lucas? I think he was talking about shooting and stuff. Who has the second highest three point shooting of all the all stars? Cat does. Cat is amazing. <laughs> is that true? Yes. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, he, he. I mean, he's just a great scorer inside, but also outside. I think that yeah. will lend itself well to the all star game. Yeah. Uh, who cares about defense anyway, right? So yeah, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. Cat. I don't care. Yeah. All right, uh, Lucas, twelfth pick. Who are you going Everybody, with? every team needs somebody you really just want to root for. That's gonna like pull them onto your side. And I'm going Demar Derozan for that reason. Oh, Demar Derozan Demar. is a great story. He's maybe having the best season of his NBA career at age 32. The Bulls have been <laughs> great. He's been a great story, averaging 27, five and five. I like Derozan a lot. Great story. Gets everybody on our side. I think he'll have fun too balling out in it as well. So I'll go to Mark Rosen. All right, there you go. Thirteenth uh, pick, Aiden. Who are you picking? So I'm looking for a, a, a point guard to lead my second team out here uh, to, to feed cats threes. Apparently, um, <laughs> and I can't think of anyone better than Chris Paul. Um, another guy who leaves it all on the floor. Competitor will not, you know, kind of just shrug off an All Star game. All right, there you go. Wyatt with the 14th pick. Unfortunately, with the way the format goes, I might be at risk of losing a talented player here, but I'm going to go with one of my favorite players in the league so far. And just so Bart can also still not have him, I'm going to pick Zach Levine. Yeah, I knew that was going. That's where that was going. Obviously, a fantastic dunker. He's going to be great for the All Star game format. You know, you get him in in a pick and roll situation, maybe with a LeBron or something like that. Who knows what's going to happen. Um, whatever it might be, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. And also Bart, just so you can't have him again. <laughs> Already. Um, even in a fake in a fake scenario, Bart, is he on your team? <laughs> Yikes. I'm actually wondering, wait, what are you referring to? Minnesota. Did he, did he play for the... Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Happy okay, so it wasn't that close to his Bart's heart, apparently. So <laughs> no hard feelings I mean... there. Bart, who well, you uh, who you going with here with the... 15th pick right so i i was hoping that this guy would be taken already but he's high up on my big board i feel like i have to take jason tatum here putting up 25.6 points a game this year do i care that he shoots awfully at like 42 percent no (laughs) he's terrible from the field this year who cares he's carrying the celtics i think he i think he deserves a decently high spot in the draft here okay all right, Lucas, 16th pick. DeRozan's available still as a starter. Wiggins is. DeRozan's James Harden is still available. I actively picked DeRozan last time, so I don't think he is still <laughs> Not DeRozan. Um, yeah, just Wiggins and uh, who, uh, James Harden was who I was thinking of. He's uh, not a yeah, starter yeah, anymore, no. but he's a big name still available. I'm not going to pick him because I don't want to jinx him going to the Sixers. I don't know how those things are related, but I just I don't want to. We don't really have a backup center, so I'm going Rudy Gobert. No! no. <laughs> he was 24th on my big board. 24? Really? I wanted, I wanted somebody There's no else to take There's no defense in the All-Star game. Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? He gets 15 rebounds a game. Nobody else is doing that. He could... Maybe give the whole other team coronavirus or something like that. Oh he leads God. in every <laughs> he leads in every advanced defensive stat you could ever imagine. 
Maybe he'll be the one guy who plays defense during the All Star game. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on that. So when Embiid isn't in there, we have Gobert. He also uh, has the only shooting percentage over seventy percent of the All Stars, which is nuts. Shoot, so, wow. yeah. crazy. Given that there's no defense, maybe everybody will shoot that way. Well. <laughs> who knows? No, but Rudy's gonna be playing defense, so that's yeah. true. Okay, Aiden, you have the seventeenth pick to recap for the listeners. They have. Giannis, uh, Giannis, Jokic, Curry, John ja Morant, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Paul, and Jason Tatum. 17th pick, Aiden, who you got? Oh, I keep picking guards, but I'm going uh, Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> Maybe a reach at 17. Uh, the Van Vliet was last on my board. Of all time. He is, he's an effort guy, and I keep picking effort guys because Van Vliet has something to prove it. Every like every point in time, he keeps exceeding <laughs> expectations. I feel like he's got like a massive chip on his shoulder, um, and him coming out in the All Star game, I feel like he's gonna be pretty good. He's had a great season, um, and he just keeps getting better every year. The funny thing too is I I actually saw this YouTube video just like it always like puts into perspective how good these guys are, even if they're not you know the the brand names. I saw a YouTube video of Fred Van Fred Van Vliet playing um just one on one against people and just doing literally whatever he wanted against people. It was pretty crazy. I was like, just puts into perspective how good they are. Um, Wyatt, 18th pick. Who are you going with? I have a random tangent here. I'm looking at the all-star roster, and they all say Kia MVP or Kia Rookie of the Year. Does <laughs> Kia have that big of a stronghold on the NBA right now? They do. <laughs> they do. On the car, in the car vertical. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> So I'm going to pick a Lamelo Ball. I think I, I'm I'm a fan of Lamelo. I think he's an up and comer. He's gonna be a lot of fun. He probably should have made it in the first place, but I think he's gonna be fun to watch. And he's gonna gel with our team. We got we got another we got a backup point guard now, right? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To recap your team, it's LeBron, Embiid, Luca, Devin Booker, Trey Young. DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Rudy Gobert, and LaMelo Ball now. We're, we're building from the wings out. <laughs> uh, Bart, 19th pick, who are you going with? I think I'm kind of taking this pick off of clout, but I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he's kind of like my Tatum pick in that he scores a lot and not super efficiently, and I don't know what else he's bringing to you, but... Uh, I don't know. He's probably offended that Gobert got taken off the board before he did. I'll just say that. I think uh, <laughs> you could argue Mitchell is more important to the That's Jazz why I team. couldn't bring him on our team. But yeah, I'll go with, the, I'll go with Spider here. Spider. <laughs> Worst nickname in the NBA right now. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> the 20th pick here, Lucas. I'm going to go with a little, a little bit of a blue-collar pick here. Oh. You know, we're building from the wings. Yeah. And I'm going to go Darius Garland. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love Darius Garland. He's done great things for the Cavs this year. The best, the most fun, surprising team in the NBA. He's playing really well. Almost 20 points a game, eight rebounds. Plays um, the game the right way. Plays the game the right way. <laughs> and he's from, he plays in Cleveland. He can't get more blue collar than that. So, true. of the grit that we need on their team. So, I appreciate it. He was born in the year 2000, which makes me feel old looking at his stats. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but Garland, pick 20. There you go. Okay, 21st pick, Aiden. Uh, okay, I'm going Wiggins. I'm finally oh, being I'm the one to take Wiggins. Too. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so we weren't going to let him fall to 24th. We're not cruel. Um, Wiggins, he should not have been a starter, but he still has had a great year. Um, he's been a very good three-point shooter. Um, which is really runs contrary to his, you know, um, at least early years. And Wiggins definitely has something to prove here. Um, that's been the way he's been working all year. I feel like he's up to, to do something. And currently, we need another three, I'd say, on the uh, Barton Aiden team. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think Wiggins is the best fit. Okay. Like Wyatt, now that your guy's off the board, who you got? Um, I don't know. I guess between... Javante Murray, Chris Middleton, and James Harden. I'm going to pick James Harden. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm not super in love with his politics so far this season. uh, But, you know, I can't argue that he's not a a good player. So I'm just going to take him and hopefully that 
he's in the right situation for us where he'll he'll play hard for us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, he'll be traded to the Sixers by that point. So <laughs> he'll be in a better headspace. Be, yeah. All right, Bart, it's between uh, Chris Middleton or is it DeJounte Murray? Yeah, I think uh, I think Chris's name is apt in this case because he's been mid really? this season. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I, don't did. Even, I don't even love him as an all-star in the first place. But also, I mentioned this stat off the record. I like to do so on the record as well. DeJounte had the highest MVP odds of any West player who wasn't already an all-star. So he's actually been really That's solid crazy. for the Spurs this year. Um, does that necessarily mean that he shouldn't be taken at anything other than 24? No, but <laughs> I think, yeah, he's a cool player. He's just got kind of a cool vibe to him. So for, you know, for no better reasoning than that. All right. That's good reason. I'm going to give Chris Middleton a little bit of credit here just to kind of give him his flowers as well. When he made the all-star team the first time, everyone was like, this is his one time to be there. He'll show out, you know, like he shouldn't really be there. He has now made the all-star team three times. So mm-hmm. congratulations to Chris Middleton. He overcame the odds. Everyone thought he couldn't do it, you know, and that's all he yeah. needed, a little motivation. Yeah. Exactly. He's one, he feels like one of those players that will make three all-stars, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm happy to have him on our team. That's a championship-winning pedigree, you know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, this is. let's recap the rosters here. Team Aiden and Bart has Giannis, Jokic, Curry, John Morant, Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Paul, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Vliet, Donovan Mitchell, Andrew Wiggins, and Chris Middleton. It's pretty good. Wait, no, 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 no. No, no, no. And DeJounte Murray. The last Bar- two. Oh, oops. I had him on I had Wait, no, who did the wrong get? order. Wait, are we sure? Bar- did you pick DeJounte or Chris? I took DeJounte. You took Chris, DeJounte. I thought. Oh, oh okay. okay. I'm sorry. I could have sworn you took Chris. That's why I started talking That's about him. That's what I thought, too. Sorry about Oh, I that. thought you started talking about him because you picked now me. Now I'm even more happy <laughs> to have him. <laughs> cool. DeJounte Murray, last one. And then uh, Wyatt and Lucas's team is LeBron, Embiid, Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Rudy Gobert, LaMelo Ball, Darius Garland, James Harden, and then Chris Middleton. Blue Chippers. That's Mr. Irrelevant yeah. there. It's like Embiid, Gobert, and then a bunch of guards. I honestly think Aiden and five. Yeah, yeah. I think our starting five has to probably be... Well, I guess... It's uh, first five picks, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know. If we're basing on position, probably, yeah. Lucas, were there any picks that you wish I had made? No, I think it went pretty well. I okay. think LeBron is a good number two pick. Um, I wanted Giannis I, to be honest. I want. I was hoping that Lucas yeah. would pick it, uh, LeBron or Aiden would pick LeBron. Yeah, yeah. Never. I don't know. I know you wish I hadn't taken Gobert, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it what is. <laughs> we we need a backup five. It was it was either Gobert or Fred Van Vliet that you were gonna take, right? So yeah. to this big board. <laughs> I just didn't want him. Gobert was 14 on my big board, so the fact that he fell to me at 18, oh, right. great. Yeah, that's great Fair. value. Fair. I know. <laughs> Do you feel like there was any uh, big snubs from the the actual All Star selections? Jared Allen. Yeah, that was yeah. that's why I was yeah. upset that Garland wasn't yeah. the last pick because I feel like Jared Allen belongs in the game more than Garland does. <laughs> Person. Mm-hmm. But Garland's really good too. Yeah. We don't have to take down others, Bart. To, you know, <laughs> Can I just say that I'm shocked? I was shocked to see Fred Van Vliet's name when I was scrolling through this. <laughs> I, I was as well. This list and I was like, Wyatt, Fred you were Van part Vliet. of the problem. Exactly. <laughs> he's who, you know, you're who he's trying to prove wrong. And he will. Yeah. In the All Star game, and he wins that key MVP award. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. yeah, hopefully that's in like the his like media company, like all these players of the media companies now. Hopefully this little soundbite gets gets I'm put in there. You. Exactly. I, 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 I will end up on a soundbite one day. <laughs> <laughs> what about um we can discuss this as much or as little as we want. We we talked about how the NFL Pro Bowl was, was quite a dud. Are there any better alternatives for that for their format in the NFL? Do you think the NBA like overall has a better all star weekend? Yes. yes. They do have a better one. No. And I, I'll say it again. I think the Mario Party format for the Pro Bowl 
will be much more <laughs> engaging. Like you have like ten like mini games that you do culminating with like a flag football game. Yeah. They're all AFC versus NFC. You get a certain number of points for each, and over the span of a weekend you <laughs> add up those points, and whoever wins wins. I or, probably like more that. I totally watch that. Yeah. Or a slow pitch softball game. <laughs> well, that's Curling. actually i wanted to there was one one suggestion yeah, i saw online that said play the pro bowl but randomize people's positions kind of in the vein of playing softball <laughs> just oh uh, that'd be fun. The, yeah because like i know that there were there was a clip of like stefan diggs playing corner guarding trevon diggs yeah because so like mm-hmm. they switched but like if you completely randomized and had like linemen playing running back running backs playing like corner it'd be very interesting I feel like it would be injury or um, interesting, but a lot of people would get injured. I feel like injuries yeah, would go up, honestly. If anything, I like they also wouldn't really be caring, you know, in that in the similar way. They yeah, have so. the whole off season. Come on, no. <laughs> exactly. It's not like the NBA. No. <laughs> what about a, what about a, a landscaping competition? No, I'm just kidding. What about an eating? <laughs> what about an eating competition? Would you watch that, or is that too gimmicky? <laughs> Probably gimmicky. It feels too. Separated from the Detached, game of football, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see in the NHL? Because it was in Vegas, they did. They played blackjack, but like they had like a huge like wall of like cards, like probably like I don't know, ten by ten of cards, like they were like probably each like four or five feet tall, and they put it like across like a swimming pool from all the players, and they took turns hitting hockey pucks, and if you knock down one of the cards, like that was your card. And they play blackjack wow. that way. That's sick. I yeah, didn't right. see that. That's so fun. fun. Yeah. I know. <laughs> That's <laughs> like a party esque, I feel like. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. But yeah, I think like just like fun gimmicky stuff like that is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it can get worse than how it is already. So. Honestly. Alrighty. That'll conclude our All Star talk, though. Let's let's talk a little <laughs> bit of regular season NBA news. I know Wyatt wanted to hit on this. The Lakers and Nets are both two high-talent teams that are underachieving so far this season. Both teams are poised for a play-in spot. I believe that's still true. Right. Wyatt, what are the key problems for either of these teams? You can s- slice it up how you see fit. Yeah, I'm going to hone in on the Lakers here. And this kind of this the starting point does fit for both teams. The roster on these teams, Nets and Lakers, is really bad. Like, for, Especially for the Lakers on paper and as far as the product goes. It's really bad. When Russell Westbrook was traded, I said it on the show. We all agreed. Everybody believed that there was no way that this trade would have worked, that that Russell Westbrook nowhere fits the brand of basketball <laughs> that LeBron James is trying to play. And ever since that quote, we've been proven exactly right. When LeBron James and Anthony Davis won in the bubble, they needed somebody else to do their dirty work, like a Caruso, a Kyle Kuzma, an Avery Bradley, a Danny Green type guy. And they traded for Westbrook hoping that he would be. He was supposed to be like this sort of flotation device so that <laughs> LeBron James could take game, could take games off. Anthony Davis was going to be in and out of the lineup because of injury reasons and for load management type deal. And they thought that he was going to be a high-energy player that was going to be like a spark plug that, you know, he'll go out there and he'll just get you – 24 points of the most intense basketball you've ever seen. <laughs> and since then, he's just and shot off. Yeah, inefficiently, he's just <laughs> hitting shots off the side of the backboard. He's missing shots, you know, wide left to the rim. He's turning over the ball at a crazy rate. Like, this is the worst we've ever seen Russell Westbrook ever play basketball. And he's just a walking liability to the point where Frank Vogel can't even, literally cannot play him in the fourth quarter of crunch time games. And he's like, a lot of sound bites came out about this. He he just doesn't understand the role now at this point where, you know, when Carmelo Anthony was traded to Oklahoma City, he was laughing. He's like, they, they want me to come off the bench. Can you believe that? I can believe that. And I, and I can believe the same thing for Russell Westbrook right now, that he needs to embrace a role that he has never played before, but I think he would be pretty decent at. He needs to be the spark plug off the bench where you maximize 20 minutes of playtime, you dive for the loose balls, you hustle, you box out, you rebound, you play defense hard, and you get 17 points per game type deal, and you call it good. 
and you play maybe in spurts in the fourth quarter, but for the most part, LeBron James and Anthony Davis will be the focal point of that team going at, at the end of games. I mean, right now he doesn't hustle hard on transition defense. None of the team does. Nobody's dying, diving for loose balls. Nobody does the dirty work on that team. And, you know, if, if he wasn't, if he, if he and anybody else were doing that, we wouldn't care about shots that hit off the side of the backboard. But unfortunately, with the Lakers especially, they don't care. They've written off the regular season entirely, and they're not good enough to do that. <laughs> yeah. I think, like, the thing about it, too, is, like, like you alluded to, it's just, like, this was completely predictable. Like, I think all of us saw this coming with this team at the beginning of the season. It was just, like, a bad fit. And I think, like, I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned this like explicitly either, but I think like LeBron has been really good this year, but I just don't think you can like rely on him at this point to like carry a team at this age. Like, I think he's the, the greatest basketball player that's ever lived, but he's been injury prone. Like, a team can't be carried, I don't think, by him alone at this point. The fact that Davis is hurt all the time, and it, it just isn't a number one. Like, Anthony Davis will never be the number one option on a championship winning team. I think he proved that when he was in New Orleans. Like he's the best number two you could have, but he's just not going to be the best number one option. And when your best, and when your number one option is 37, 36? Um, 37, like now. that, thirty seven now. Yeah, I forget if he, I forgot if he turned yet. Um, <laughs> that like, I, I, it's just like they're too old. The guys they come in don't fit. It's just like it's a poor, a really poorly assembled roster. And I don't think Vogel. Like, I'm sure he's doing his best, but I just don't think it's done, like, a great job managing it either. Like, there's only so much he can do, but I think it's just, like... He's he's between a rock and a hard place right now. Yeah, exactly. And I think he's the scapegoat where it's like, what is Vogel doing with the rotations? How could he possibly play, you know, DeAndre Jordan on on the floor at any moment? DeAndre Jordan's on the team, and the GM put him on the team. And LeBron Mm -hmm. James, to some capacity... Signed off on every player that has made it, made it onto this team to, at, to, at some point. The people in the Lakers organization, especially at the top, believed that this was a team that could win games. And Vogel was, for some reason, taking all of the heat for it. When it's like, you literally just put together eight of like the worst rotational players you could possibly find <laughs> and told Vogel to, to win games with them. They are incredibly ignorant or arrogant to think that they could have written off the entire season, made the playoffs as the seventh seed, and then won a championship later in that year. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the sentiment that the that these teams have, especially LeBron James teams, and it's not, not a knock on LeBron necessarily, but LeBron James-led teams believe that the regular season doesn't matter. I'll play 55 out of 80, you know, 80-something games, and it's whatever. And I think that Westbrook believes, Anthony Davis believes, and the rest of the team believe that they are also LeBron to that capacity <laughs> where they can also take games off and they can also not try hard. Are you kidding me? Like, how could how could Anthony Davis believe that he doesn't have to try hard on every single moment that he's on the floor? How could anybody else in that team believe that they don't have to give everything they have to win a chip when they haven't done anywhere near what somebody like LeBron James has done. You wonder if there's maybe some, like, a mentality of, uh, like, oh, we have LeBron, and we know how much he has carried teams in the past. Like, maybe maybe we can let our efforts slide a little bit. But it's also weird because, like, I remember last year, people, were, they were very much giving off a vibe of, like, oh, we're going to make it to the playoffs, and then we're going to turn on the switch and then what ended up happening? They lost in was it in five to the Suns? In four or five to the Suns, right? In yeah. the first round. Yeah. So they very much didn't mm-hmm. turn on the switch. So you think that they would realize that like if they come if they basically stagger into limp into the playoffs this year, it's gonna be the exact same yeah. thing. Right. That's yeah. stupid. Like that is so dumb to think that oh I'll just flip <laughs> the switch and it's game time. And everybody and the Nets do this too, and we can transition to the Nets after this. Where they're like we just haven't figured out our chemistry yet. We haven't had a chance for all of our guys to get on the floor. That's your fault. That's not like something that we should dangle in front of the fans, and dangle in front of everybody's face and say, guess what's coming, guys? The next step of the Lakers, that's your fault. 
if if for the first half of the season you're like, I haven't figured it out yet. I don't believe from the, what it, what I've seen that you're going to figure it out. And I'll move on to the Nets in this case, with the James Harden thing and with the Kyrie Irving thing with Kevin Durant. It's always like. They've only played 17 games together. It's been three years. <laughs> are they going to play any games together? What point are they all going to decide to get on the floor? Because Kyrie Irving is a perennial quitter. Uh, James Harden is a perennial quitter. And Kevin, I'm not going to blame him because he's just showing up and he's playing basketball. But yeah. you have two guys who you know exactly who they are. You know exactly what they're going to do. They quit. They leave. They go wherever they want to. And it gets dangled in front of our face again and again, where it's like, oh, what if what happens when they're on the court? They're 13 and three. Well, yeah, they want they played 16 games together then. Cool. Come on. <laughs> well, I think uh, the, the Nets roster, too, outside of those guys is horrific. Like they have <laughs> nobody on that team that like. I, when they played the Celtics yesterday and none of the big three played, I like flicked it on for a second. I'm like, I recognize none of these guys. Like, you have Wash Blake Griffin. Uh, their leading scorer was Javon Carter. Um, they have a guy <laughs> named David. <laughs> they, David Duke got 13 points. Uh, David Duke, <laughs> who I knew as being the former KKK leader. Oh and, my like, goodness. Not, not him, but yeah. like. Dayron Sharp, Cameron Thomas, James Johnson, who sounds like another auto-generated name, had 17 last night. Like, it's just like, there's no talent outside those three guys, and they just went all in, and the fact that it's imploded has just left them in such a bad situation. They were losing 28-2 last night at one point. Is the, Didn't they is the lose quick... like 45 points to the Celtics most recently? It was 35, but yeah. It's still, still like, it's insane. pretty bad for a professional basketball team, right? Yes. Okay, but yeah, in, no. in their defense, before Durant got hurt, they were like they're actually fine because Durant can carry them so well. They were one seed in the East at one point, right? So it's like uh, yeah, I, mean, I know we've talked I will, about this. Yeah. Durant won't be able to give you forty-five minutes every playoff game and carry you to a title. So like, yes, but also this eight-game losing streak or whatever it is now is purely because Durant is out. Yeah, and, and yes, that's correct. That they are not as good as they should be without Durant, but. James Harden and Kyrie Irving are still on the payroll for that team. And you can't tell me that they can't at least stay within the one of the four best teams in the East. I'm not going to ask them to be number one. In fact, they should be number one because James Harden has been a number one seed before in his life. Kyrie Irving has been a number one before, seed before in his life. They should, they should be able to do it, but Kyrie Irving takes vacations whenever he wants to. I just don't feel like playing basketball today. So I'm just going to go home and do something else. Uh, James Harden is like, Oh, you know, I, I'm going to go and he's dusting off his fat suit in his closet right now oh, to put it on so that he can end up in Philly. Like, whenever it's not perfect for him, he decides that he's done playing basketball. And same yeah. with Kyrie Irving. He's like, I just, you know, I really feel like going out to eat tonight and I actually have a game. So I'm just going to go out to eat instead type deal where it's like these guys just aren't winners. Like, yeah, I know that they I saw won, but they're not winners. Like, in... And that's the problem with the rest of the roster. I bet you if they were to trade away, if they were to go back in time and do the James Harden trade all over again, they wouldn't do it. Because then you have Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen on the team for the, as far uh -huh. as depth goes. Instead of quitter James Harden and perennial quitter Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, I, it's been funny too that like, Jared Allen and Karis LeVert are now on the Cavs who are significantly better than the Nets. Like, that worked out for them. <laughs> In the long term. I also saw a tweet the other day that was like, if Michael Jordan was on the same team as Kyrie at this point, he would have like tied him to a chair and like put the vaccine like straight in his <laughs> yeah, body. <laughs> <laughs> so they could have had that happen already. But I think like we also need to blame Steve Nash a little bit. Like I don't think he has done it. Like I, I think this was another like wildly predictable thing from the start where it's like we're all going to be head coaches. Like that team <laughs> oh, yeah, has too many egos and like there's too much drama on there for someone to be like a player's coach in that situation. Like if Pop were like the coach of that team um, or even someone like Monty Williams for the Suns, like I don't think you have what's happening now happen to the same extent. But because I just don't think Steve Nash can like manage the egos there, I think it's just gone completely out of control at this point. And I mean, uh, the thing is, is Colin Coward mentions this all the time. Is is if you if you look if you're Kevin Durant, 
and you look at this now, you're like, I left Steph Curry to go play with Kyrie Irving, who then refused, who basically, yeah, you know, doesn't really even know if he wants to be a basketball player. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote, and then I wanted James Harden to come over, and now look at what happened. If you're Kevin Durant, I mean, I'm I'm glad that happened for the competitive balance of the NBA that he didn't stay on the Warriors. But mm-hmm. if you're looking mm-hmm. at that now, I don't know if it. Maybe if they somehow turn it around, it'll be all worth it for him. But I don't know. Yeah, probably he's probably re- seriously regretting that decision. Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like Durant really wanted to go off on his own and he not did. be associated right, yeah. with uh, you know something that had, a team that had already won without him. Um, and so I'm, I'm not sure he like would regret it from that standpoint. I feel like he needed that opportunity. But yeah, I like. You got to regret the destination, the right though. Chance. Yeah, exactly. You could have. And, and, and I don't know what your, the. Yeah, no, definitely regret the destination and putting all your eggs in the Harden Irving basket, which was just, you know, going to implode. I think everyone kind of talked about that from well, day one. But I don't know about that though. I don't think on paper it looked like it could have been fine before, like before the pandemic, basically. Yeah. I feel like it, looked to, like it could have been fine. But the whole discussion when it happened in the four, when all these stars came together in the first place, was the ego discussion. And yeah, so it was the type of thing where the Nets were like, we like these are incredibly talented guys. Like, it's worth taking a shot for it. And I'm I'm still not sure that's incorrect to some degree. Yeah. Um, but like this was always a huge risk involved. Is that those are three of the biggest egos in the NBA. And Durant's mm-hmm. yeah, the, of the of the three is not the problem. Um, so. Yeah. funnily enough it's, it's a risk exactly um, but because <laughs> well, yeah, he said he has a huge Kyrie. ego but he like is like wants to win at all times i feel like and that's what separates him from Kyrie and harden who also <laughs> have huge egos but i'm not convinced i think as wyatt I, and you know others have said is just they're not really winners they don't like care <laughs> i think at, at kevin durant's core he just wants to play basketball i know he doesn't care about the other politics about the way fans talk to him and whatnot, and that's why he engages in it. But at the end of the day, the dude wants just wants to play basketball. Yeah. And Kyrie Irving is posting pictures of, of you know, Malcolm X on his and Muhammad Ali on his Instagram story after like he can't go to a Nets home game. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, I feel like uh, we're going in circles here. Yeah. Um, let's. We're gonna conclude here with another big ego, actually. Ben Simmons here. He's missed the entirety of the season so far. He's expected to be traded coming into the season. Maybe he still will before the deadline. Um, I know we usually go to Lucas, but we're going to go to Aiden here for some some 76ers talk. Is Ben Simmons a viable piece for a contender at this point? Does he turn? Is there any team that he, you think he turns into a contender? Yeah, we're going to have to restrain Lucas for this segment. Make sure you mute him, Jared. Um, but uh, No, I, I would not want him i don't think he's a viable piece for a contender i don't think he turns a team into a contender um to start like why would i want that drama i have no idea really what shape he's in i don't really think he's someone i want anywhere near my locker room based off what i've seen the past year or two um it's not like the case where like harden is one thing where like at the moment it doesn't seem like the nets would you know maybe be a contending team even even with him they could be, but um, I feel like the Sixers have shown that they're pretty good, and especially with Simmons or someone of Simmons's talent, could really be a championship contender, and his ego has totally gotten in the way of that. Um, and, like, he's just plateaued in his career. He's not shown any, um, like, real commitment to improving the weaknesses in his game, which are glaring. We've talked, you know, circles and circles around his, his shooting, and they haven't gotten significantly better um, since his rookie year. Um, and the price that the Sixers are asking is absolutely ridiculous and would prevent a team um, from getting better as a result of a Simmons trade. They want like a James Harden or a Bradley Beal type. Um, and like they've been offered other things. It sounds like the Kings tried to, you know, offer the, the Tyrese Halliburton, but he healed package plus some draft picks, which honestly i think would have been a pretty good deal i don't know how yeah lucas you can chime in on that at some point i would have taken that um, deal but, unless hard was on the yeah team, but. no i like I, I think that was a really good deal and they said no and then because i think they wanted darren fox um as well and then the pacers stepped in and took it and i think at some point the clock is just going to run out on the sixers or like ben simmons trade value is not increasing it isn't mm-hmm. um if there was ever a time to trade him it's it's not now 
Um, and you know, it was, it was probably a year ago or so, or at least six months ago. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I really can't think of a team that I think Ben Simmons would make better, especially considering what the team would have to give up to get him in the first place. I'm going to come to his defense a tiny bit here. I think, listen, the way he's handled the situation here has been truly like bad on every level where it's like he's like he first put up the mental health defense and they're like great we'll like give you a therapist and we'll help you out with that like we want to do everything in your power and he's like no i don't want it and then like i'm obviously very sympathetic if that's the issue but like that doesn't he that just seemed to be like something he came up with like it's he has like he just like doesn't want to play for the sixers like that's Mm -hmm. it and it's because he received that little bit of criticism from doc and from joel after game seven instead of like turning into fuel he just quit on his team. That being said, Ben Simmons is still, like, a very good player. I think if you slot him into, like, another contender, he's, like, an elite perimeter defender. He's never going to be the best player on a championship team, just, like, AD. But, like, if he fills that Draymond role in some team, I think, like, he's never going to turn a team into a contender either. But if you have him be, like, your energy, defense, rebounding, passing type guy, I think he really does help another contender. Um, again, the price you have to pay for him is way too high. But I think, like, the price is eventually going to drop on him. And if you can get him for, like, some value next year, I think he could help a contender if he's, like, your third or fourth best player on your team. (laughs) But that's, like, okay, so I kind of liken him to, like, Rudy Gobert, I think, is a decent example, where, like, he can do so many good things for Mm -hmm. you besides score. And so I feel like like, he gets hype, and he's gotten hyped because he got picked at three All-Star games in the same way that Gobert gets picked because he's so good at all the other things. But I feel like that might have been the worst thing that happened to him because now the Sixers organization yeah. thinks that he's all that. <laughs> and like you're saying, if he's like the third or fourth best player on your team, you can win. But to trade a player yeah. who's going to be your third or fourth best yeah. player for the assets that the mm-hmm. Sixers want, there's like a, there's a yeah. clear disconnect there, right? So it, it's I think team, yeah. I think the Sixers just have to accept that he is as actually as flawed as like people are saying, and he's not actually that yeah. good. And then maybe you'll actually get something for it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I totally yeah. agree. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's like I'm not saying that Ben Simmons is not good and cannot help a team, but that's <laughs> yeah. I think my thesis is that it's just yeah. a given what is the the Sixers seem to think he's worth. Um, it's there's no way that a, a contending team could come out on the winning end of the trades that seem to have been proposed. Yeah, like honestly, if I were Maury at this point for the Sixers, I would have absolutely taken the, the Halliburton heel and draft picks trade. For Simmons, like I think that helps fill a lot of the Sixers' weaknesses. You get Ben Simmons off the books, and like I guess now there's the possibility that the Sixers could get Harden, but I don't even know how that's going to pan out. Like I, hopefully, well, <laughs> if it happens, but like I don't know. The way Harden has behaved in his last few destinations is like does not instill a ton of confidence. Like I think your window for winning with him would be this year, and I'm not like <laughs> sold on the fact that that's going to happen, yeah. but. Yeah, I don't know. Begs the qu- like, do you think Embiid like can Embiid do what Giannis did, which is win without basically another like top ten player? Because th- that's what he'll he'll be yeah. having to try to do. And I don't know that their supporting cast is. Yeah, I just don't think like Drew Holiday and like Chris Middleton are both like really good yeah. pieces on yeah. the team. I don't know if the Sixers have anybody like even comparable to that. Like Maxi's yeah. been really good, but he's young. Seth Curry is. A good shooter, but limited in what he can do. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the the comparison maybe would be Tobias Harris, but he's so just like hot and cold that like I don't think he's anywhere near the level of Middleton or Drew. So like I just think that they like I think if you make that Heald and Halliburton trade for Simmons, then you kind of assemble like a comparable roster maybe to what Giannis had last year or mm-hmm. what could be a comparable one. Yeah. Um, within a year or two, once Max he like matures a little bit more, but because he's been insanely good this year. Um. But I think at this point, the way the roster's built, like, as much as he can do, I don't think they're quite... I think they can make the finals, maybe, or make the Eastern Conference finals with the roster as simple as is, but I don't think they'll win. I was going to say, maybe maybe that trade makes them the Suns, essentially, from last year. Like, pretty yeah. pretty solid cast across the board, but not quite enough. I think Embiid is better than any, like, obviously, any one player that, like the Booker, for example, any one player yeah. that the Suns have, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to gamble on it though. Like I, yeah. I would gamble on it. Like sure, if you're going all in for one year, I don't know. I, I say at least you tried. 
Like you've been trusting mm-hmm. the process now for six years or something, you know, however long it's been. At yeah, some point, awesome. it's like, all right, we are going all in. It could have been the time has passed. It could have been the Buddy Heald trade, but at this point, I, I say go all in with Harden, whatever that's yeah. whatever that's gonna take or whatever that's gonna yeah. bring with it. If you can yeah. find if yeah. you can find a way to do it, you just go yeah. all in, whatever. And if there's ever a year to go all in, like I feel yeah. like it's this one. I mean, look at the East. Yeah. Like the Sixers are three games back at the moment, two and a half games back of the Heat, mm-hmm. who are the one seed. Like the Cavs are the three seed, the Bulls are the like as if they made that trade, they would instantly become the favorites. Not that, that necessarily means something because our, our favorites have been um, <laughs> off in general. Um, but I feel like this is this is the time to go for it. They would have a I feel like fairly clear path at least to the Eastern Conference Finals, potentially finals. With right, the even even then, if you look at if, the West with health, is, yeah. at mm-hmm. the West, is there anybody that you're that scared no, of? No. You know what I mean? No, not really. Yeah. Like I mean, the Sixers like. With Seth Curry shooting, not scoring until the fourth quarter last night, like should have beaten the Suns. Like, and it came down to some like crazy shots at the end from Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Embiid, like throwing away a pass. But like, they were with the Suns an entire game with the roster as is tonight. Like, I think, yeah, I mean, it, it might be the year. I just like, and because the last time the Sixers kind of went all in in 2019 when they traded for Jimmy Butler for essentially like a few months, like it. It it was <laughs> it was yeah. you can't see my screen. It was a, a doink away from like probably them winning the finals. <laughs> the like I genuinely believe that keeping Ben keeping Ben over Jimmy instead it, of Jimmy oh, that yeah. must haunt Sixers fans. <laughs> <laughs> it does. I wake up every morning and I curse. <laughs> it was like purely management. Because, because like they they basically couldn't quite get along. Right, the two of them. I thought that there was some personality. Yeah, uh-huh. It's so stupid. I'm sorry. I digress. Yeah, no, I agree. It's and apparently Embiid and Jimmy loved each other too, and like oh, playing. That and it's checks just, out. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah and, they're both ballers. Yeah, exactly. but no, I think like last time it went all in, or the Sixers went all in. It like it should have worked. Like it, it, if you know, and I think that I'm actually kind of with Jared. Like even if your window with Harden is like literally the next four months, might as well. Like it's it's so wide open this year. Yeah, but I think a serious question you have to ask yourself is whether Harden this year has been all that good. I don't That's, know if it's because he's at the Nets. It's motivation. Just really yeah. <laughs> He'll flip the switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, like James Harden will contribute more than Ben Simmons has this year. Like, I mean, you'd probably have to <laughs> you'd probably have to give up somebody else. Well, you would absolutely, but they'd probably have to give up Curry or Seibel or Danny Green or someone like that, or maybe two of those three. But I think. James Harden is an upgrade over Seth Curry, you know, <laughs> in that sense of essentially what you'd have to give up. So I don't know. But yeah. there's definitely a fair question around where does like James Harden careers go from here, like given mm-hmm. the way his season has panned out. I mean, he's the lowest field goal percentage, I think, since his rookie year, lowest three point yeah. percentage of his career, some of the lowest turnovers of his career, and he's right. only becoming a worse defender. Um, he's scoring like 22 a game, which is kind of a far cry from just like two years ago or so. So, Didn't he score thirty seven uh, or thirty six one year, like in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? It was something absolutely up? wild. I mean, I would, it was he, he put up it was a very large number. Um, so it just feels like a rapid decline that would be worrying. Though I think Jared, you've already kind of accounted for that and saying that this would be kind of a a win now. You know, this year is your window. This mm-hmm. year, next year is your window. Kind of trade, but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, 2018-19, he scored 36.1 per game. Yeah, <laughs> Which <crazy>. is in- <laughs> insane. <laughs> um, it's like Wilt numbers. Free throw merchant. <laughs> Set it before him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, guess what field goal percentage he did that on? 44. It's uh, terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. Anyway. Well, you know. It's like any opportunity to roast James. I'm sorry, James, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is going on his like, his uh, motivation track too. Exactly. I watched a whole SB Nation did a beef history today on him and uh, Giannis and how much they hate each other. Or that it's kind of simmered so. down, but right, but it has. Yeah, but, yeah. Very good guy, bad guy. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, I think James Harden is very much like, uh, you know, things cast things people in light or whatever but like his whole thing is like i need to win mvp i need to win the second mvp like i think he's very like 
individual accolades guy. And, like, not that that means he can't win, but, like, I think that gets in the way of things sometimes. So, who knows? Well, maybe by the time this episode is posted, James Harden will be a sixer, and <laughs> we'll see how it all happens. We are currently... 16 hours and 43 minutes away from the deadline. The timer gone? <laughs> quick math. Oh, I yeah. just quick math. <laughs> uh, that could be absolutely wrong, but I don't think it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, if it's happened, great. If not, just keep on listening for all our takes on the NBA, the NFL, Super Bowl ends next week, so we'll wrap that up. And then it'll be NBA for a little while forward. So if you liked all our takes, keep listening. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We got some great content there. Um, and we'll see you next week.